Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Memorial Day travel alone is predicted to be 60% higher than last year. We have ideas and some travel safety advice for your summer road trip adventure. Also this morning, more fun summer learning resources from Sesame Workshop. How to turn your kids' questions about the pandemic into a lifelong love of science in the world around them. In our ongoing Keeping the Faith series, 35 years after Chernobyl, a U.S.-based ministry outreach to the forgotten children growing up in the shadow of a nuclear disaster. And we have details on the Findlay-Hencock County Public Library's Summer Read Program to keep kids reading, exploring, and learning all summer long. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, May 26th, 2021. It is National Blueberry Cheesecake Day today. It is also National Cherry Dessert Day. (laughs) So it is not a day of no calories. I don't know if that's an actual celebration, but today would not be that day. Wow. If you've got a sweet tooth, you are all set today. It is also National Paper Airplane Day, National Senior Health and Fitness Day, World Product Day. That seems very generic. You know, World Product Day. (laughs) Not celebrating any specific product, just products in general. If you need a catch-all day, that would be it. And it is World Redhead Day. So, happy day to, uh, big salute to all of the uh, redheads (laughs) of the world. There you go. Uh, So, here is uh, the... uh, thing that we've got to be worried about now uh, because we always have to have something new to worry about to be afraid of here's what we are afraid of now university of oklahoma researchers have found that food poisoning can be spread via sexual contact (laughs) i kid you not If you've ever had a touch of food poisoning, you know it is very unpleasant. And it turns out it can be passed on in a way you might not expect. Uh, These uh, researchers at the University of Oklahoma say the Campylobacter infection, the most common foodborne illness in the Western world, can be spread via intimate relations. The infection is rarely serious, but it can cause things like vomiting and diarrhea, Compose more risk for people with underlying health conditions, of course. The experts say the reason it can be passed along to others uh, in this particular manner is because people can get infected when only small amounts of this particular bacteria are pre- are present. The lead author of the study says it is an interesting time because COVID-19 has made people more aware of the importance of monitoring infectious diseases in general. And there are many infections like this one. Uh, or there are many infections like the one caused by Campylobacter, I think is how you pronounce it, that make people sick. It is important that we spotlight the fact that these diseases exist and that we continue to conduct research on their effects and modes of transmission. So that is uh, <laughs> that is your daily dose of things you should worry about. So... <clears throat> Because you always have to have something to worry about. And there you go. Have you ever heard the uh, old uh, saying that if, you, uh, if you're if you upset 
uh, with, uh, I don't know, coworkers or you're upset with, uh, you know, something just lower your expectations. Well, apparently there's some truth to that. University College London finds that if you want to feel happier, it may be as simple as lowering your expectations. Not too much, they say, just a little bit. Researchers at the University College London found that when players of a game lowered their expectations, it increased the likelihood of a positive surprise. But the key is not to constantly lower expectations, instead to find the right balance. The researchers note that high expectations seem to be a big problem in terms of happiness, suggesting that it is not a good idea to tell a friend that they will love the gift you're about to give them, because then you're setting yourself up for disappointment if they don't actually love it. (laughs) Raises expectations, and they say it removes surprise. Well, I don't know about that, but I thought it was kind of interesting they used uh, uh, players in a game. I don't know what game, but (laughs) I I always... like to lower my expectations when it comes to uh, playing games with friends. If I go in thinking there's no way that I'm going to lose, I'm, I'm going to lose, then I can always be pleasantly surprised. So probably something to that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like the the constant joke. Hey, just lower your expectations and you'll be much, ha- much happier. And apparently uh, there is some truth to that, according to research. Speaking of research from the file of duh, uh, this is from the University of Calgary where researchers have found that too much screen time among toddlers is linked to the same toddlers spending less time reading. So, if they have too much screen time, they're spending less time reading, these children. Well, duh. (laughs) They actually studied this. They found that toddlers who regularly spent time on electronic devices... Uh, screen time, not only TV, but also tablets, smartphones, and the like, were less likely to read print books with their parents, and this led to even more screen use as they get older. The researchers note that screen time is not always bad, but that book time is critical for young children as it boosts their literacy and serves as a way to bond with their parents. (laughs) Again, Research from the file of, duh. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that parents read to children out loud every day starting from birth, etc., etc., etc. We've heard that all uh, many times. But they actually have research that confirms too much uh, screen time means less time spent reading. Well, I know. It's earth-shattering stuff. By the way, I guess it would be a good time to mention this coming up here in just a bit. Uh, on the program a little bit later on we'll talk about uh, more fun summer learning resources from the folks at sesame workshop you get the uh, kids uh out from behind their screens and we have details this morning on the finley hancock county public library's summer read program to keep kids reading and exploring and learning all summer long so we'll just drop that to that promo in And uh, this is an interesting, I love this, uh, actually. I saw this on the uh, Newswire, and I thought, here is, they say that necessity is the mother of invention. You remember, uh, we were talking about this, all of the different things that we used to not give a second thought to 
but because of the pandemic, we're much more cognizant of. Um, and again, we had the story just a moment ago about the way diseases are transmitted, and we're more, more cognizant about about that. Uh, we're uh, much more uh, cognizant of the need to wash our hands, uh, sanitize our hands. We're careful the things we touch. We're careful about these things. Here's one of the other things that used to be commonplace that maybe you can see not being so common moving forward. And a Virginia man has come up with an invention that fixes the problem of spittle from blowing out the candles on birthday cake. You know, again, here is one of those things that we never really gave a whole lot of thought to, but once you start thinking about it, it is kind of gross. You light all the candles on the birthday cake, and then the kids, especially the kids' birthday party, they blow out all the candles, and they, you know, they get all that spittle all over the cake. And then you go and you eat the cake that they have spit all over. So, Mark Appelt, I think is how you pronounce it, A-P-E-L-T, Mark Appelt, uh, he's from Virginia, and uh, he has come up with an invention called the Blowsy. It allows people to still feel like they are blowing out the candles of their cake, except that clean air from a fan is actually what extinguishes the flames. You blow into one end of this thing, and then that activates the fan, and the air from the fan is what actually blows out the candles. Uh, He actually came up with this idea even before the pandemic, as he watched a kid... Uh, at one of his kids' birthday parties, spit all over their birthday cake as they were trying to blow out the candles. And they thought, ooh, that's gross. And then the pandemic came along. See, but again, he came. He, he saw it happen. He saw the need. But because this is was just a tradition that we have always done, nobody really thought about it before the pandemic, there wasn't much of a market. Now, all of a sudden, pandemic, and people are thinking about this. He says he was shocked that there wasn't already a device like it on the market. So... I don't know if he's patented it or what's it? He's selling it, uh, I guess, on Amazon. Goes for about ten bucks, and uh, it's called the Blowsy for uh, sanitary birthday cake uh, candle blowing out, outing, candle blowing outing, ever. But I like that. That's a uh, great idea. And finally, among the first things you need to know this morning, this I thought I would share. Uh, just because we've all had embarrassing things happen to us through no fault of our own, and we think, you know, we'd like to go crawl in a hole someplace and disappear. Um, but this is a story that'll make you feel better if no matter what embarrassing thing happens to you today, this will make you feel better. A woman uh, in the checkout line. At our local grocery store, and I'm not sure exactly where this happened, but it was a uh, it was an online thing, so we don't often uh, get the location on some of these. But woman uh, was left horrified after she's in the checkout line at her grocery store, and she goes to uh, get her card or her checkbook or whatever uh, out of her handbag to pay for her groceries, and out jumps a mouse from her handbag right there in the checkout line at the grocery store. And a, ma- a live mouse 
uh, jumps out of her handbag and scurries off. Uh, here's the thing. She says it it was her cat. She doesn't. It's not a pet mouse. She wasn't like carrying around her pet mouse. She had no idea it was in there. She does own a cat, and uh, she said the the cat has on occasion <laughs> left a gift for her here and there around the house. Uh, this time, the cat caught a mouse that wasn't quite didn't quite kill it left it in the handbag, and sure enough, when she went to uh, find her wallet in her handbag, the mouse jumped off, or jim- jumped out, and uh, scurried off. <laughs> she said, uh, I got to the part that I get into my purse to pay for the shopping, I undo the zip to take my purse out, and a mouse jumps out and onto the floor. She apologized profusely while the checkout man chases it down the aisle, Another patron of the store corroborated the story, adding that the store announced that they had to close due to health and safety reasons. <laughs> Since they couldn't couldn't find the mouse, it escaped, so they had to actually close the store uh, until they could find out where the little rodent went. Now that is embarrassing. No matter what happens to you today, if that if that doesn't happen, then you're doing okay. So, anyway, make you feel a little bit better about whatever embarrassing thing happens to you today. Some of the uh, first things you need to know to get your Wednesday morning started. This is ONN. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Police just west of Columbus have released the names of victims in a quadruple murder that shook a small community Monday afternoon. Andrew Kinsey with ONN affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus reports. In West Jefferson, police have now identified the victims found shot to death as 45-year-old Andrew Swindle, 45-year-old Sean Wright, 30-year-old Jamie Lavender, and 38-year-old Leon Daniels. Police believe it may have been a targeted event based on the location. They tell us they've been called out to that apartment in the past, anyone with information in this case should contact the West Jefferson Police Department. Republican lawmakers in Ohio have introduced bills that would ban the teaching of so-called critical race theory in K-12 classrooms. Critical race theory is part of a scholarly movement that proposes examining U.S. history and modern society through a focus on the legacy of slavery, racism, and discrimination. Critics say it proposes the U.S. is a fundamentally racist country. A pair of House bills introduced Tuesday would prohibit, among other things, the teaching that one race or gender is inherently superior to another and that individuals could be considered racists by virtue of their skin color. Daniel Barnett. ONN News. Kroger and Giant Eagle are joining the list of stores no longer requiring masks for those who are fully vaccinated. At Kroger, vaccinated workers don't need to wear a mask either, except for those working in the pharmacies and clinics. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Well, on Monday, we called it the Great Travel Reboot of 2021, and indeed it is. AAA is projecting that 37 million people are going to be traveling this Memorial Day weekend. That is a 60% jump since last year, and 90% of those who will be traveling will be taking a road trip. So if you're looking to plan either a weekend getaway or a summer road trip uh, and, and you don't know where to start, 
Uh, help is here. Alex Teixeira is owner and lead guide of Mooney Mountain Guides. Joining us this morning, along with Andrea Berryman, Director of Product Management for Cooper Tire and Rubber Company. And Alex, it is not a big surprise that people are anxious to get out of the house and into some new surroundings. And we hear that they are really looking for the kind of escapes that you specialize in. That's right, Chris. Uh, people are discovering that doing things in the outdoors is really fun. And, you know, some of those fun things that, uh, that you can do out there include climbing and skiing. And that's what I specialize in is, is, is providing great experiences for people to get out of their comfort zone, uh, try something new, or if they're already climbing inside a climbing gym or something like that, uh, to really uh, heighten their experience and take them somewhere maybe that they uh, aren't comfortable going on their own. And yeah, people want to get out there and do it. They are done being inside. <laughs> no question about it. And so before we head out, uh, Andrea, give us some of your tips for safe tra- uh, safe summer travel because so many people will be uh, hitting the road this year. Absolutely. So I actually have two main safety tips. The first is to make sure that you check your tire inflation pressure. The last thing you want is to have a flat by the side of the road. And when you're doing this, make sure that you check the inflation on the spare tire too. Because if something does go wrong, you want to make sure that you're going to be able to get out of there. And you've got to make sure you've got air in that, that spare tire. The second item uh, that's really important is use the right tire. If you're going to be pulling a boat or camper to your favorite lake or campground, you want to make sure you have a tire that not only performs well on the road with great towing capacity, but also can manage the gravel or dirt roads that get you to your final destination. We've got a new tire out this spring called the Discover Rugged Trek, and it's perfect for both types of driving, on and off-road. It gives you an amazing quiet ride when you're driving on the highway, which is most of your trip, but it can handle the rugged road conditions like uh, rocks and everything. It's even got stone ejectors that uh, help keep you from getting stones stuck in your, your tires. And and that is really such an important tip because we talk about uh, tire inflation and proper care of your tires uh, all the time. It seems like every year uh, rolls around. We're talking about that because it is so important, but all too often uh, it is overlooked um, you know, the, the type of tires uh, that, that you're using. And this really should be, again, just to emphasize this, one of the main considerations when planning a road trip. Absolutely. Um, Cooper Tire does make all sorts of tires that specialize for, for different products or different driving conditions. But the Rugged Trek is perfect for Memorial Day weekend for all those folks that are getting outdoors. So, uh, Alex, talk about some of your favorite uh, getaway destinations and activities. And like we said, especially for those who are maybe looking to get out of their comfort zone a little bit, do something new and different. What do you recommend, especially uh, in, in this region? Sure. Uh, in the Midwest, uh, you know, you guys actually have some really cool places to take a road trip. And you know, a few of my favorites include the New River Gorge in West Virginia, uh, the Red River Gorge in Kentucky, and then the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, those three areas, and there are more, um, won't uh, won't disappoint you on your road trip. You know, so uh, a good 
good place to go for a few days or, or even a week and, and get out there and explore some of these amazing geological, uh, you know, places, uh, really stunning beauty. You know, it's. It, I'm glad that you mentioned those because so often we talk about uh, getting outdoors and and some of the uh, types of adventures that that you talk about and 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 you specialize in. We think about out west and the the mountains of the Rockies and you know uh, maybe the Cascades in the Pacific Northwest and and so on. But there are some terrific spots. Uh, and really beautiful spots right here within a day's drive or less. Absolutely, Chris. You know, I, I live in New Hampshire, and uh, they think of it as tiny mountains. And it's true, our mountains don't stick up that high, but there is just so much to do. Uh, if you're a rock climber, an ice climber is no better place. And, and then, you know, we're not far from you. And when it starts to get cold up here, we can extend our season by you know, going down to these places that I mentioned or, or Chattanooga, Tennessee, and the East coast has a lot to offer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and so absolutely don't discount, uh, these, uh, uh, closer trips. Don't think that you have to go on this. Uh, Oh, I mean, you can, it's great. Rockies are beautiful cascades and all of that, but there are some uh, terrific places, uh, much closer to home. So, uh, Alex, first of all, talk a little bit about uh, where folks can get more great ideas and tips and vacation advice for folks who are looking for this kind of adventure. Sure. They can get in touch with me directly uh, by going to MooneyMountainGuides.com. All our contact information is there. And even if you're not going to one of the places where I am working this summer, uh, I probably know somebody in the area that you're (laughs) going to. So you can feel free to get in touch and uh, I can make the connect for you. Awesome stuff. And Andrea, where do we get more information uh, on on tire safety and uh, road safety for our upcoming summer vacation plans? Well, you can go to coopertire.com for more safety tips and also information on the right tire for your vehicle. Uh, Rugged Truck is there right on the main page. We will link those resources up on our webpage as well. Alex Teixeira, again, uh, owner and lead guide of Mooney Mountain Guides, and Andrea Berryman, Director of Product Management for Cooper Tire and Rubber Company with us this morning. Thank you both for taking the time. We appreciate it. Take care, Chris. Thank It is time for our ongoing Keeping the Faith series. You'll remember that last month was the 35th anniversary of the Chernobyl nuclear disaster in the former Soviet Union. For the past three and a half decades, the hot zone has been sealed off from human occupation, but in the neighboring region, the area surrounding Chernobyl's radiation zone, they never left. And today, they too are suffering some of the effects of the accident. There is a U.S.-based ministry that is supporting summer camps for the forgotten children who have grown up in the shadow of that nuclear disaster. Correspondent John Clemens reports this morning, Keeping the Faith. They are the children living in the former Soviet Union who are suffering the lingering effects of the Chernobyl nuclear disaster that shook the world 35 years ago. Michael Johnson of the Slavic Gospel Association tells us The ministry is trying to help the children who have grown up in the area surrounding Chernobyl's radiation zone. The country that that got hit the worst was Belarus because the wind was blowing in that direction. 
So uh, obviously many people suffered uh, the effects of radiation poisoning. Many people have died as a result of it, and people are still dying as a result of it. Across the former Soviet Union this summer, local evangelical churches, supported by the Slavic Gospel Association, aim to host hundreds of camps for the children, many from disadvantaged backgrounds, including orphans, with many others abandoned in those suffering from lingering life-threatening diseases. In 1995, uh, the church got together and we helped them to raise the funds to purchase what was once an, a military installation outside of the radiated zone. Uh, they invite kids uh, to attend summer camps and a certain percentage of the kids who do come from the radiated zone. So they get a reprieve from that, good food, medicine. There's medical treatments there. Every kid is, you know, they go through a diagnost- diagnostic process uh, to determine whether or not they're affected by this. These children who continue to suffer will be able to, for a while, perhaps forget their abusive homes, their alcoholic parents, or state-run orphanages. All of them are suffering some form of radiation poisoning, and we're still seeing, um, we lose about 10% of those kids every year as a result of the effects of this because, you know, the half-life of nuclear radiation uh, runs 50 years plus. Michael Johnson of the Slavic Gospel Association tells us many of these children will be blessed by the activities of the summer camps. The emphasis of this camp is to share the love of Christ with these young children, lead many of these children to Christ. Many of these children have come to Christ and are on the path of spiritual growth and maturity with their families. But in this situation, because of the mortality rate of people who are affected by radiation, uh, this is an opportunity for them to hear the gospel before they pass into eternity. The summer camps are created for these children who have endured so much. They'll spend a week or so in out in the woods or out in the forest and, and these locations, and they would, you know, there'd be fun and games and, and also also spiritual activities and Bible studies. Johnson tells us about one teenage boy who was confined to a wheelchair who had attended previous camps. The last time he came, you know, they were ministering to him and ministering to his mom. At the end of the session, uh, people had shared the gospel with him. He knew that um, his condition was terminal, and he came to saving faith in Christ uh, at the camp, and it was just a few days later that he passed away. Then there was a young lady named Nastia. Nastia uh, was very glad to share her experience that she had at the camp. Quote, I made a decision here. Earlier, I was not sure about God's existence. What does it have to do with me? Now I know for sure that he exists for me personally. And now, as a result of the camp, she has a a Christian friend who keeps in close contact with her. They support each other, and they pray for one another. Michael Johnson tells us how to get in touch with the Slavic Gospel Association. You can uh, reach us at our website, which is sga.org. That's sga.org, and it will provide uh, all the information you need to understand, you know, the nature of the program. This is John Clemens reporting. Really cool program there. To learn more, you can check out our webpage, goodmornings.net, keeping the faith. Well, with school letting out for the summer, the last thing we want to do is let our kids fall 
even further behind after a year and a half of school uncertainty and leave it to the folks at Sesame Workshop, the nonprofit educational organization behind Sesame Street, to use children's experience related to the COVID-19 pandemic as sort of a springboard for learning about the wonders of science. Uh, Rocio Galarza is the Vice President of Content Design U.S. Social Impact at Sesame Workshop. And Rocio, what a great idea. I mean, I can imagine the eureka moment when you realize that, hey, we can get some value out of this universal shared experience that we've all been through. Absolutely. And, and we're thrilled to team up with S.C. Johnson in these new resources because we know that children have a lot of questions. They have a lot of curiosity around what's going on. Um, and they, that this is the moment where we can really take those curiosities and build a love for science. So really, this is, uh, in that respect, an extension of what child psychologists and behavior experts have always advocated, turning these challenges into opportunities for parents to engage with their kids on tough issues that maybe they don't fully understand. Absolutely. Children are naturally curious, and especially as families continue to cope with the uncertainties and transitions of COVID-19, children will have more and more questions about how and why things are the way they are. But these questions really can springboard conversations about scientific exploration and beyond. They can help us when we motivate children. They can help us tell them, look, your questions are important. Um, It's great for us to spend time together figuring it out. And, and it is just an opportunity to be together as a family. You bring up a good point as well and something for parents to keep in mind that it is it is not over as we hear about restrictions being lifted and uh, things returning to normal. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, kids' questions uh, have all gone away. So we need to be mindful of that. Uh, it's not something that we can necessarily just turn the switch on. And and as you mentioned, Sesame Workshop and SC Johnson teaming up on an initiative for kids and families, again, to use this to springboard into uh, you know learning more about the wonderful world of science. Tell us about this. Yes, this is not something that we want to switch at all, right? We want them to ask questions. And we want them to ask questions because scientific process actually starts with our curiosity, our questions. And it is such a, a children's thing to do, right? For, us, for them to want to, to know about the world. And so when we turn these questions into playful learning moments, we can really make the most out of them and help them explore scientific concepts that otherwise we wouldn't explore with our children. So uh, talk about this initiative and how it works and the resources that are available. Yes. So if you go to sesamestreetingcommunities.org, you're going to find free uh, and available resources in English and in Spanish. And these resources will include videos, printables, and articles. And the idea is to model children's questions, the process on how we can take them to the next level and really make them learning moments and get talking points and, and family activities that families can do together. Let's talk about uh, maybe a couple of examples here, because I, you know, like you said, we all know that that kids are naturally uh, curious, lots of questions. We want to actually uh, foster that and uh, and nurture that and and encourage that. Uh, One of the great things about this initiative with Sesame Workshop is it uses some familiar characters, uh, you know, that that all kids know to sort of remove some of the uh, intimidation factor by all of that. But 
but I, I know that many parents are still uh, feel a, a bit intimidated by this themselves. So what is your advice to parents and to families uh, about how to encourage that natural curiosity? Well, the first thing that I would say is that remember that you don't have to have an answer for every question that your child has. Yeah. It's really in the exposition of that question that, that is, that is the learning, not in the answer. Um, and, and in terms of specifics, we have Abby Kadabi, we have Ernie and Elmo exploring some of these things. For example, Abby, um, is Daniel, who's uh, one of our, um, grown up characters, is mm-hmm. exploring with her, with her what germs are. And what happens when you wash your hands? And they don't see the germs. They don't necessarily name all the germs. You don't have to know the answer to all of them. But these moments where, where you're explaining the, the, what you know, right? And then you're washing your hands and imagining. That's a great learning opportunity and a playful opportunity for parents and kids. You know, I, I just remember when I was uh, growing up, and it's something that I tried to uh, impart with my kids, and I hope that they will uh, a- as well. And and that is when my you have questions, uh, and I would when I was younger take those to my my parents and say, "Well, I don't know, but I can show you how to." learn and how to find out the answer uh, to that. It's not about, as you mentioned, it's not about having all of the answers. It's about teaching kids how they can find the answers and discover these things uh, for themselves. Absolutely. And that their curiosity is valuable. Yeah. When you actually say, oh, let's find out, that's what you're letting them know. Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, Rocio Galarza is the uh, Vice President of Content Design, U.S. Social Impact at Sesame Workshop. Uh, A great initiative with S.C. Johnson, sort of foster that uh, inquisitiveness uh, and, and using the pandemic as a springboard to learning more about the fabulous world of science. You mentioned the resources that are available available for kids and for parents. Where do we find those? Yes, go to sesamestreetingcommunities.org and you'll find all the videos, resources there for you in English and in Spanish. Now, plant that seed in families as the summer season is upon us. Uh, Rocio, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Dateline Sioux City, Iowa, where a man is in custody charged with arson after allegedly setting his neighbor's house on fire because they didn't mow his lawn. (laughs) Well, I would think, you know, if there's uh, any reason to set your neighbor's house on fire, that'd be it. 53-year-old... Lee Bowman of Sioux City was arrested and charged with arson in the first degree and criminal mischief. According to court documents, the corner of the home was burned, causing an estimated $3,000 in damages. So it's not like he burned the whole house down. He just burned the corner of the house. The Because, you know, in proportional response. They didn't mow his lawn. The victims were actually at home at the time, and a neighbor noticed the fire, banged on their door, to tell them their house was burning. Court documents reveal that Mr. Bowman lives next door to the victim's house. He was upset because he asked them to mow his lawn the day before, and they hadn't done it yet. <laughs> so he decided to take his matters into his own hands. Why, 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 if, you, if you have the uh, ability to set your neighbor's house on fire, don't you have the ability to mow your own lawn? I'm just curious. Uh, fire investigation revealed this to be arson with sticks and plywood propped up against the house along with a fuel accelerant used. And ironically, 
the gasoline that the guy used to start the fire was from the gas can from the mower in question. That <laughs> not going to mow my lawn. I'll use the gas to burn your house down. I think if I were that couple whose house was set on fire, I'd be looking to move <laughs> very soon. Elsewhere in the broken news, police in Florida say two teens were leaving a graduation party early Sunday morning in the city of Eureka, Florida. Uh, as they were uh, driving away from the graduation party, their vehicle went up a ramp, rolled down a hill, and catapulted onto the roof of a home on a quiet, quiet residential street. Not so quiet on that particular day. The car crashed through the roof, landing just feet from the bed where the homeowners were sleeping. Fortunately, there were no injuries. So thank goodness for that. Uh, it doesn't say what type of graduation party this was, but I'm assuming that it was not a graduation from driving school. So. Uh, in other broken news this morning... How did this guy think that he wouldn't be caught is the question that I have. A, an ATM service technician in California stands accused of embezzling nearly a quarter million dollars in cash while servicing machines in Redwood City and San Mateo. Uh, an investigation determined that 62-year-old Vi Gwen embezzled uh, well, actually, I guess it's about $145,000 uh, in all. $145,000 from the credit union's ATM machines in Redwood City. Oh, $145,000 from the uh, ATM machines in Redwood City and 47000 from a machine in San Mateo uh, back earlier this month. Happened over the course of two days. And if you're going to steal that much money, you probably should spread it out a little bit more because, I mean, how did they think that that 200 grand would not be missed. <laughs> you know, if, if there was $200,000 that came up missing from an ATM machine over the course of two days, you'd notice that, <laughs> I would think. And if it comes up missing from an ATM machine, wouldn't you think the person who services the ATM machine would be one of the first people, because it wasn't, wasn't like the ATM machine was damaged in any way, Nobody tried to rip it out of the wall or anything like that. Um, the, the money just came up missing. So you would think that this would be the first person that would be suspected. It was, and he did. He's been charged with second-degree commercial, commercial burglary and embezzlement, uh, both felonies. So. File that under the category of sounded like a good idea at the time. Now, criminals are not too bright, so there is that. And how about this? <laughs> Talk about uh, justice being done. Anthony Ragusa, age 50, has been on disability since 2013. So for the past eight years, after claiming a work injury resulted in him being unable to walk for more than 15 minutes. He also said that the uh, injury he sustained at work uh, left him unable to uh, bend over. He couldn't even put on his shoes or anything. Mr. Ragusa claimed he was an electrician in his application, but in reality, he owned a limousine company that operated out of New York. Of course, he maintained ownership uh, of the company in tandem with collecting disability. Um, he became 
He began working on his gains in 2017 with prosecutors examining photos and videos he brazenly posted online um, of, of him pumping iron. Why would you do that? If you're on disability, if you've been on disability for eight years, eight years, uh, why would you post pictures of yourself pumping iron, weightlifting, claiming this back injury, you can't even, according to the claim, can't even bend over to put on your shoes, can't stand for more than 15 minutes, but he was pumping iron and posting these photos online. Uh, investigators deduced he was an avid weightlifter who had no issues lifting heavy weights, not someone who is in so much pain that tying their shoelaces is impossible. In all, prosecutors said uh, Mr. Ragusa fraudulently swindled over $200,000 in disability claims. New York Attorney General Letitia James said of the case, quote, fraudulently collecting these benefits was not only a shameful slap in the face to those who actually live with disabilities, but a vast waste of taxpayer dollars. And she went on to say, my office will not hesitate to pursue those who defraud our system and saddle our state with debt. Mr. Grusa faces several charges, among them grand larceny in the first degree and offering a false instrument for filing for the uh, disability claims in the first degree. He was arraigned last week. <laughs> Again, people who commit crimes, generally speaking, uh, we find in the broken news are not the brightest bulbs in the bunch. The sharpest tools in the shed, claiming disability for eight years and posting online those uh, weightlifting pictures and pumping iron. Not too bright. But a case of justice being served. There you go. That is today's broken news report. Brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. This Memorial Day. WFIN invites you to join us as we present one of the great masterpieces of radio's golden era. On the evening of VE Day, Norman Corwin, often called the Poet Laureate of Radio Drama, presented a radio program that galvanized and electrified the nation. The broadcast, on a note of triumph, was a moment that would mark the end of a long national struggle and set a new standard for the art of radio drama. On a note of triumph, Memorial Day at 11 a.m. on 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. As we are emerging from the pandemic, uh, advice from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, is that it is now safe for vaccinated people to be maskless. Uh, whether we're talking about indoor spaces, outdoor spaces, pretty much everywhere, we can go without masks. And so a lot of places are lifting their mandates specifically for vaccinated individuals. They are asking that if you have not had a vaccination, that you continue to mask up. Uh, however, it is pretty much the honor system for a lot of those places. It's not like they're you know, checking your credentials or asking for your vaccination card. Uh, so we are on the honor system in most stores, restaurants, uh, things like that. The big places like uh, stadiums and so on, I think they are more likely to check 
uh, for vaccination cards, but regular stores, restaurants, not so much. So uh, that means that we are on the honor system and whether we're telling the truth about whether we have been vaccinated or not. A new poll from the folks at Axios and Ipsos asked Americans about who they trust to be honest (laughs) about their COVID-19 vaccination status. Who do you trust? Coming out on top uh, is family and friends, family and close friends. 88% of Americans said that they trust their family and close friends to be honest about whether or not they have been vaccinated. That is followed by co-workers at 71%. 71% of us trust our co-workers to be honest whether they've gotten the vaccine. But it really drops from there. Uh, the uh, numbers go down precipitously. For people that you encounter but are outside your close circle, it was just 38%. For people that you would happen to run into, people like uh, casual acquaintances, and just 38% would tr- trust a casual acquaintance, to be honest with you. That is followed by people who are specifically opposed to getting the vaccine. 31% uh, believe that they would be honest whether they... Although, I would suppose if if you know that they are specifically opposed to the vaccine, then I think you can probably assume you don't even have to ask. But anyway, I guess... Uh, The uh, question was, if you know somebody who's specifically opposed to the vaccine and they go into a store or restaurant, do you expect them to be honest with the people uh, in that store or restaurant that they have been vaccinated or not? 31%. At 25% were both people at sporting events or concerts and people dining indoors or who are at a bar or a nightclub. Just 25% believe that those individuals would be honest about their vaccination status. And coming in dead last is kind of interesting. People at an airport uh, at just 24%. However, it should be noted that at the airport, it really doesn't matter, at least not yet, because the FAA has extended the mask mandate at airports and onboard airplanes through, I believe, at least September at this point. Unless they have changed the last I read, the mask mandate uh, has been extended in airports and the federal mask mandate extended at airports and on airplanes until commercial airplanes until September. So... Whether you're honest or not, it doesn't matter. It looks like everybody, at least through the summer, is going to have to wear their mask. Just 24% of people, though, believe that people at the airport would be honest. Kind of interesting. Who do we trust? And more importantly, who do we not trust to be honest about their vaccination status? Before we get to the folks of the library and uh, this year's summer read program we're going to talk about here in just a moment. I was asked to pass this along, so I want to make sure that I mention it before I forget. The uh, 4-H Endowment and Benefit Dinner and Auction is coming up on June 6th at the Hancock County Fairgrounds. It'll be uh, held at the new Junior Fair Building, which if you haven't seen is really, really nice. Uh, tickets are still available at the Extension Office. Uh, it's a barbecue chicken dinner uh, from Ted's Market in Pandora. So yummy stuff. And all of the money raised 
will go toward 4-H trips, awards, and scholarships. Meals are available for drive-through, pickup, or dine-in from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, items for the silent auction can be viewed starting at 3, and the live auction will start at 6.30. Uh, tickets are $11. They are available until Friday at the extension office. So you can pick up those tickets for the 4-H endow- endowment benefit dinner and auction uh, again, June 6th is the date. I believe that is a Sunday, is it not? Uh, but tickets are available until this Friday for $11 at the Extension Office. Brittany Lutz is with us on the line this morning. She is the Youth Services Manager at the Finley Hancock County Public Library. It is just about time for this year's Summer Read program. Brittany, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me this morning. And Summer Read, always a big event uh, in the uh, youth department uh, at the uh, library. Tell us what's going on this year. So this year, we will be uh, kicking things off on May 31st. So that is next Monday that you will officially be able to register. We are doing our online tracking again, so you can visit squared to sign up for the program. If you've done the program with Through Our Read Squared in the past, you just have to log in and it will prompt you to enroll in this year's program. Okay. Uh, but if you haven't, then you just have to register. It's super simple. Your name, email, create a username, and you're all ready to go for all of the fun activities that are available through that program. So what are some of the... Well, first of all, uh, what is the theme this year? Every year's summer read program has a different theme. What is the theme this year? Yes, so our theme this year is animals. Our slogan is tales and tales. Uh, so we are in the process this week of turning the library into a big zoo. Uh, <laughs> if you come in, you'll see all the decorations starting to pop up, lots of different animals. Uh, we kind of have different sections of the library or different areas of the zoo. So it'll be fun to come in and kind of take a look around and see what all the different areas are. And, of course, we should mention that the uh, library is open, so uh, you can go in and actually check everything out this year. So that is exciting news itself. Now, what are some of the things that will be happening through the course of the summer in conjunction with the Summer Read program? Talk about some of those activities. Right. So we have stuff that you can do at home through the online platform. There are missions, which are kind of like little activities where uh, you earn badges and points. There are games, bingo boards that can all be found through the Read Squared program. But then we also have a lot of great programs coming up this summer. Um, We'll continue to do some of the virtual stuff. We have some Zoom programs. Um, Each week we are going to be partnering with the Toledo Zoo to do an animal-themed story time over Zoom. You do need to register so you get the link, but then each week they'll read a story and they will introduce us to some of the animals that are featured in the story, and we're really excited about it. Um, and then we're also going to have we're going to have in person programming again, which we are we have been just itching to get back to. Um, Thursday and Friday mornings, we will be out at the park at Riverside uh, doing story times. Thursdays will be our preschool story time, and Fridays will be our baby story time. We will have makerspace at the library again, and we're going to be doing a scavenger hunt out at the park, too, for some of our uh, elementary kids, which is coming up on, I think, 
uh, June 18th, I believe. Um, and all of that information can be found on the library's website on our event calendar if you want specific dates and times. That is awesome. Sounds like an awful lot of fun, especially get out there in the in the park among uh, all of the uh, animals uh, and critters out there, too. So it really ties yes, in with the, uh, with the theme very nicely. And, of course, the goal of Summer Read is to keep kids reading and exploring and learning all summer long, uh, we were talking some, uh, I think last week on the uh, program about preventing the summer slide, and that's really what all of this is about. Yes, absolutely. That is always our goal. Um, we're very aware that this year, even more so than normal, right. uh, we're combating a lot of different things, and so we're just doing everything that we can to encourage reading Um through the program and then also through some of our activities. One of the really neat things that we have going on this summer, um, thanks to a Hancock Reads grant that we got through the Community Foundation, is that we will be doing pop-up story walks. Um, We have a story walk installation at Riverside Park that Mm -hmm. changes monthly, but this one will be a little different. It will be a mobile installation, so we'll be able to move it each week. There will be a new story each week, and it will be in a different place. So um, each week will actually be in two locations. It will be somewhere within the Finley city limits, but then also somewhere in one of our county villages. Uh-huh. So, for example, starting this Sunday, you can go to Bigelow Hill here in Finley, or you can go out to Benton Ridge Park, and you can do a story walk there. Those are- And then each week. It will be somewhere new. Those are a, a lot of fun. Uh, regardless of whether you have kids, grandkids, uh, take them out to the park, uh, whether, again, it's at Riverside or one of the pop-up locations, and uh, make the walk, read the story. It, it is really cool. It's a neat concept. So if you've never done it, uh, this is a great opportunity to uh, do that. And I'm assuming that you will have the announcement as to where those will be, what, on the uh, website, the Facebook page, and so on? Yes, absolutely. So it will be on our website, or you can um, find the information through our Read Squared um, platform, or you can come into the library, and we actually have a cute little passport that you can pick up, and Uh you can carry it with you this summer, and check off the locations that you visit each week. So uh, terrific stuff all happening with uh, the Summer Read program. And again, to go back to what you were talking about earlier, it's kind of a hybrid of of, uh, some online programming, some in-person programming that everybody is ready to get back to. But uh, Mm -hmm. one of the things that we uh, have been talking about over the course of the past year are some of the opportunities that, I mean, while last year's program was not ideal, uh, it did... Uh, force everybody to kind of rethink or reimagine different ways of doing what we've always done and maybe coming up with some creative ways that might uh, become part of the routine moving forward. And here you see an example of that. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I don't think this was ideal circumstances for anyone, but I think one of the silver linings that we can look at is that um, we've really innovated how we present programs and how we can mm-hmm. offer them to people. Sure. And I think it provides greater accessibility. You know, not everybody can come to a story time at 10 o'clock on exactly. a Thursday morning, but um, we have all of that content online now so that it, that is available for people whenever they are available. Yeah. So, um there are a lot of uh, cons to look at in the last year, but I think that there are those opportunities to look at all the ways that we have been creative and have found new solutions to provide um, 
programs and opportunities for uh, the people in our community. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, even uh, kids who uh, you know go to the uh, story times each week, maybe uh, that week or two where the family is on vacation, uh, they can even continue to participate in the summer read program from wherever they might happen to be, so they don't have to miss out on any of those uh, activities or uh, opportunities. So, really, a terrific program all the way around. And as you mentioned, folks can sign up officially beginning monday is that right yes monday may 31st okay and uh, we've got the link up at our webpage for more information on the finley hancock county public library's summer read program tales and tales Brittany lutz is youth services manager with us this morning Brittany, thanks very much for the info we appreciate it thank you chris and that puts a wrap on our podcast for today again thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program as always remember you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage goodmornings.net is where you find us online you can also connect with us on social media from the website contact us directly via email if there's something you want to share sign up for our daily email newsletter and more goodmornings.net until tomorrow morning that is good mornings for this morning now that you've had a good morning going out make it a good day catch you back here tomorrow